In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest, Anne Cantrell from Annie's Blue Ribbon General Store. Anne, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining. Uh, I know you, uh, you're the owner there. And, and, but before we get started and kind of walk through you know, your story, we'd love to hear how you got here. How, how did you get to you know, opening your own uh, location? Well, I thought about it for a really long time before I did anything about it. I joke that it was 10 years before I opened, but it was really, I'd say, longer than that. And my friends and family can attest to that. But um, I always loved visiting uh, general stores. I'm from um, a rural part of New Jersey, but um, I just loved up and down the East Coast visiting them. One that really, well, two that really struck me. One was on Martha's Vineyard called Alley's General Store. Another one in Australia called Remo General Store. And uh, I just always had this like uh, love for this edited uneditedness that pulled everything together. And I was also, as a kid, I was in 4-H, which is like a program that um, helps kids develop independence and there's different kind of programs. Anyway, you win blue ribbons or whatever you win. And so I always like symbolize like the best that life have to, has to offer with that blue ribbon. So I kind of took that idea of like these general stores and then pulled it together with this best that life has to offer. And that was kind of my my idea. And then being in a city, we have different needs than you do in um, a more suburban environment. So we adapted and found product and things like that that kind of fit that together. But I really, I was in corporate America for a, a while. And I just, on the side, I would just be writing business plans and being a kind of a dork and taking f- pictures of fixtures when I would visit stores and things like that. And finally, kind of all came together. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And when did you officially open? October 2007. So we're coming on 13 years. Um, Congratulations. And uh, thank you so much. And also when I look back at that time, and if you like look back um, what what that was, we were were, like really coming into a deep recession then. I uh, had just quit a a good corporate job, which I thought was safe. But I realized after many of my um, colleagues and bosses got like let go in 2008, that really nothing was safe. Even as an entrepreneur, I was like kind of forging my own path and had a little bit more control over my future versus, um, but it was scary, scary to, when I look back, I'm like, wow, I probably shouldn't have done that then, but uh, it, all, <laughs> it all worked out. It all worked out. I mean, that's, that's, that's really what it is. As we talk to, you know, more and more, you know, business owners, it's, it's all about that passion and that hustle to be able to continue. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Absolutely. And as they say with anything like kids and everything, it's like, there's never a good time, right? It just like has to happen. And then it all falls into place from there. So with that, that's that's a great story. Uh, you know, I, I know we all were were hit with the same pandemic, COVID nineteen. You know, really shut down most businesses uh, in the March timeframe, and you were you were shut down around March fifteenth. Tell me how what that was like, and you know what what the initial feelings were of what you were going to do at that point. 
Right. Well, we're in uh, New York City, specifically in Brooklyn. And uh, I remember that week, I think like we can all kind of like pinpoint what those dates were. I remember like that Wednesday um, before I was like, things are like, I saw a store in Colorado that I really admire. They closed. I remember reaching out to like some fellow retail friends being like, what are you thinking? And they're like, I can't imagine closing. And then all of us were closed within like a couple of days after that because things just moved so quickly. So by Friday of that week, by Friday morning in March, I guess that's like the 13th, Friday the 13th. I should have realized how ominous that was then. <laughs> um, we were really like closing in on like, we, we have to, for, to be socially responsible even though our governor didn't mandate closing until March 22nd, we felt like it was for the safety of our team and for our customers. I, th I think we have learned a lot more, uh, obviously, about the science of the virus now. But at that point, you know, it was very scary. And I, I remember saying, putting a sign on the door, as others did, and I looked to what, you know, some other bigger companies, too, and fellow independents were doing as well. And we were like, we'll be closed for two weeks. And, you know, I, I kind of knew that wasn't going to be the case when we did that, but um, that was a, a, our starting point. And um, I immediately called my insurance company and my landlord and uh, insurance company because, you know, I had been paying for years into business interruption insurance. And what did, what was that going to mean now? So as I'm sure everybody knows, viruses are not covered under business insurance, but I still filed a claim as everybody should in case that does turn around. And I still kept after. I probably called him like three or four more times. And then my landlord, obviously, um, conversation there just because it was the middle of the month. And again, I did, didn't know when things were going to turn around. So Mostly, though, I was wanted to make sure that our community was safe and our team members felt safe. Um, we're, as I said, we're in New York City, so a lot of people take the subway. It's not like you can't just drive places. And so I wanted to make sure everybody felt safe. And that also, how are they going to pay? How was I going to pay everybody? How was I going to pay my team? And I pay for health insurance and we do 401k and we do into a um, profit sharing, all those things. And so it was really difficult conversation, some of the darkest times, and it just got darker from there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think uh, I was actually one of those, those naive ones that thought this, this would only take a few weeks. And as you start to go into month two and three, and you're like, this is, this is a lot more serious and, and you have to make some business changes for sure to be able to, to survive, really. So as you as you kind of, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what to do, what are, what are some of the changes that you made uh, during that time or that you had to make during that time? Part of our, our business model, was we always had an online presence, blueribbongeneralstore.com. We've been open online for 12 years and we had a pretty good foundation there. We had just moved a year ago in-house all of our... Um, Website was managed by someone on my team through Shopify and versus, you know, farming it out to someone whenever I wanted to make a change. And so we quickly kind of changed, not just we were able to communicate through customers that way, as well as let people know in the community if they needed something that they can get it from us. We send out our website to everybody on our list, even uh, on our mailing list, even if they weren't, even if they hadn't shopped with us in that format before. And just trying to get the word out in social media, specifically Instagram, we communicated often about where, you know, what we were doing to keep people safe and what products we had. And we also 
offered free delivery at that point, which we had never, we just, there was no need for it before, right? The good thing from a retail perspective, and I'm sure you've heard this before too, was there were some key holidays coming up. Like, I am so grateful, like Easter was coming, then we had Mother's Day, but like, you know, especially at that point too, you just wanted to make your kids like feel safe and happy. And I realized that um, a, a friend of mine, I try not to shop on Amazon, but a friend and customer of mine was like, you know, Anne, you can't get a egg dyeing kit on Amazon right now. It's going to ship after Easter. And I was like, oh, wow, that is a really interesting small business opportunity that is is available there that we could, you know, um, we had so much Easter. In fact, once someone on Instagram took a picture of like our gate shutter, our shuttered gate with like all these cute bunnies and Easter stuff inside. And they were like, oh, my God, I just want to release these bunnies. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I feel you. I feel the same way. But so I guess all of this is kind of coming together, saying that we tried to really pivot on online, put all of our Easter stuff, whereas maybe we just would put a few, few items up. We just, my team worked from home to just hustle and get everything up on our website and make it as easy as possible for people to shop. That week, we were still like in this flux. And so people, we, I still had some team members coming to the store. We did Instagram live events as well. But then by that, that Friday, and it was kind of really scary in New York. It was like, is New York City going to be shut down? Are the tunnels like going to be shut down? I was like, this is like getting crazy. And by, so that Friday, so like the 20th, the governor, Governor Cuomo said all non-essential businesses need, uh, shut down as of like Sunday evening. And so, um, you know, we're a general store. In retrospect, I, I do think we are essential, but we were, again, back to so being socially conscious and trying to flatten the curve. We laid low and we were trying to figure out how we could even ship out orders and things like that. So we did put a little pause on it for a moment. I, I'm really lucky too. I live like a half a block from my store, um, which sometimes is like good and sometimes bad because I can go to work uh, at, at a drop of a dime. But uh, for this, it was really helpful. I also had somebody that was um, had a car on my team. So that was good because otherwise, again, back to the subway issue and someone else on my team who does a lot of our website work has asthma. So I wanted to make sure she worked from home and um, feel safe. And so um, one of my managers, Jen, like bless her, she just hustled and we started get out mostly, again, Easter orders and getting things out, shipping everything. Even if you lived in a block away, we still felt better shipping everything at that point. And that's what we did. We just hustled online and sent a ton more emails than we normally do, posted a lot more interactive social media posts than we normally would have to hustle and get business out. And at the same time, though, I'm like, all right, we, you know, can we pay our enormous rent? Can I pay? Can I cover that payroll expense? So we had some tough decisions to make. One of my other managers, general manager, Jess, has been with me and for a long time. And my whole team has been with me really long oh, for a long time, and um, which is great. But um, she found some alternatives. I think it's called WorkShare, which some states have this, where they went, they, after one week, they agreed to go um, take a 50% pay cut and go on unemployment insurance and for a 50% reduction of hours. But let me tell you, they did not really reduce their hours. I mean, 
they were just amazing. And it's just a lot like putting product online and shipping seems like so easy when you're like, oh yeah, just like start a website. Well, it's so much more intense. I'm sure everybody that's listening that does this knows it's like so many more steps than someone just walking into your store and picking out what they want and leaving. It's like, wow, things just got really much more, you know, there was a lot of FaceTime calls and like walking through product and people are like, oh, my six-year-old's having a birthday. She's devastated. Our spring break was canceled. What can we do to make her happy? And so it was a lot of, a lot more work, although we were so lucky and grateful for the, for the business. So, and we did that. We, we stayed in that model until we got our PPP loan, which I didn't get it on the first round of funding. And between that first round and that second round was like the darkest days as an entrepreneur. And as just as a, just as a person, some of my darkest times of my entire life. So I was working on trying to secure that kind of thing, look for what product people wanted now. Cause I, I do, yeah, obviously people were home a lot more, um, keeping kids engaged. I've always said that puzzles were our like secret sauce. Like if you were to ask me a year ago, what's your like, you know, what's your magic? And I'd be like, puzzles. And now I'm like, the word is out. Everybody loves puzzles. But um, so we got a ton of puzzles and a lot of craft kits and just fun things to keep keep it light too and working from home. And so, um, and then as time went on, we pivoted and brought in masks and other essential items. And so again, just slowly just try to hustle until it worked. And during this time, you you had a is this is this the right number eleven thousand percent increase in online ordering? Yeah, it was kind of bananas. Um, most of our online orders were focused around holiday time. So in a normal like April, we didn't really do too much online. We always had a great presence, and it was awesome to to have that there. But most of our sales were done um, in person, and so yeah, it was really crazy. But that also means you need to ship all that. And again, like time and reduced staff. And I know we all have our like stories, just even personally, like, oh my God, how did I, how did I like cook dinner every night? Well, I didn't really, my <laughs> husband probably did that, but um, I was also teaching at the time. I have, a, she's now going to fourth grade, but a third grader who was like trying to like learn online and, you know, we're in a New York city apartment. It's like, oh my God, I don't even know how I... I, I really kept it together thanks to friends and family. I have a bunch of retail friends and we just like text each other every night. Like, oh my God, like this, this, that. And sometimes laughter, sometimes crying, but a little bit of everything. I think that's, that, that's the one thing I hear consistently across is, you know, you have to, I mean, it's a crazy time for everyone, right? But but getting through it, having good friends and, and talking through things and being able to, you know, have people hear your story and, and just tell you, you know, that they hear you and or just tell you, hey, don't, don't worry about it. You're doing all the right things. I think it goes a long way in these cases. And I think that's what you hear with most of these stories that, that you talk to business owners. Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, was like competition, like kind of went to the wayside. Like if I was looking for something or one of my friends was like, oh, this place is out of like packing tape. I mean, like, you know, you get an order and you can't even fulfill it because you don't have the supplies or like someone, oh, so-and-so has, you know, games in stock. Like, you know, we would just all text each other and, you know, we're 
if we're around the country in different parts or even I have a friend that I text right here in New York who's got a couple stores and, you know, normally I might not be sharing so much information. I certainly also have a big group of Brooklyn um, retailers that we I text with often as well. And so now I know like what everybody's rent is. I, you know, I, I know a lot more things and in a really cool camaraderie situation. No, that's great. That's that's awesome. What do you think, Anne, as far as like, what is, I know none of us know what the future holds, but like, what do you think is going to happen, um, you know, as we start to get back to a level of normalcy? Do you think online, online will still be more of a dominant uh, force in your business? Or how do you look at things? I do. Like, I just, we've still had a fair amount of curbs, even though we've been open since June 22nd for the um, phase two in New York City, we still get a fair amount of curbside pickup. So even that was like a mess, like trying to get um, Shopify, you buy different apps. And so to find an app that worked and it was a little bit clunky there for a while, our customers were awesome. But anyway, so we have a curbside pickup app. And so even customers that would normally shop in the store, maybe feel more comfortable this way. But I did particularly, I see this week someone bought a, a something and they said, oh, you know what, I, I'm not even going to be around to pick this up until after Labor Day, but I didn't want it to sell out. And I was like, you know, she's really smart because we turn things pretty quickly, right? And so I actually think maybe that kind of behavior and a lot of our customers didn't even know we had a website before that. So I hope that really sticks. So even if you were you know, if you can come to the store, great. But even if you can come to the store, but still needed to ship that package to your grandmother or your aunt or your friend in San Francisco. Let's support this independent business instead of going to Amazon or somewhere else. And so keep it at local, keep it independent is my big thing. So I, I think some of that behavior is, is going to stick. And even, you know, some of my older customers and even older friends that were like, oh, like, oh, and can you just save me this? I'm like, you know, I love you, but our inventory is fluid right now. And if someone else has that in their cart, I really can't. I'm like not in front of the computer, you know, cash register to like ring that up for you right now. I'm like, you got to go online and buy it. And, you know, lo and behold, they did. And so um, I think part of that like mentality is going to stay. But it's really it's also really scary how many stores have closed. And so um, I think obviously that's going to have effect on things. There's you know, the competition is changing. And I don't know, I think there's a lot of things as we look, this is going to be a serious case study to look back and yeah, and see, um, see like what worked, what didn't work, or what we thought, and all those kind of things. So I think what's, what's interesting is one thing that you said is this work share program that I've heard now, like a few times, uh, what tell the listeners that don't know about that, what, what that is, and is that something that's still available to owners or no? That is something that's in New York. I know it's in other states, but I do not know if it's in all states. Maybe you can, um, we can Google that and put up some information. And this was pre-COVID, but if you were in jeopardy of letting people go, you could work out a plan where I, I believe the way that I understood it was the whole team had to agree to what percentage was the, um, they would agree to go their decrease in salary. So again, they all agreed at 50%, but it could be lower, it could be higher. And then um, we enrolled through the city of New York in this program. And so they were able to get half of their unemployment benefits as part of that. It took a couple weeks, I think, as everything, as everybody 
that had to deal with unemployment knows, but I, I do think that, um, my manager said we were well taken care of during that time period. And then once I got the PPP and felt like we were in a better place, although the rules were changing all the time, I wish I had known the rules were going to change earlier in the game. But um, I did give some bonuses to people too, because again, they had just worked so hard and I'm forever grateful. That's great. That's great. Half of it's taking care of your team, right? Oh, that's, yeah. That's yeah. hundred yeah, percent. One of the major questions that we get is, you know, you've been able to be really resilient and and be able to, you know, work through this. Again, as you said, it, it wasn't easy, but you were able to work through it. Are there for people that are, you know, uh, I guess, you know, thinking about putting in the towel and closing down during this time? Are there any resources or or any sort of aids that you can suggest to them to take a look at so you can they can keep kind of weathering the tide and, and making sure they keep their stores open? Yeah, I think um, besides just having like a network of colleagues, that's been really helpful to me, as I said, but also um, I'm sure it's called different things in different places. We have a business improvement district, a bid here. We've been in our location now for seven years. So my old location, we did, we were not part of a bid. We were like one block away from the bid, but here um, our bid, the director has been amazing. The whole team has been just great about resources and information to that's available whether it's grants, I'm all about the grant versus the loan, right? We don't, we want to get the grant versus the loan. So, and there was just, it's been so many webinars on, I I probably spent like 25 hours on webinars about the PPP earlier on in the stage or different kind of business issues. So it's out there. Even if you, I attended ones in Harlem, even though I'm in Brooklyn, you know, it's just like, it's just a Zoom call. So even if you're not here, there are so many resources available right now. I think people really, really truly want small businesses to survive and thrive. And so there's a lot out there. Another thing that I found out through my bid was a, um, and I apologize, I can get you the name afterwards, but it was a group of lawyers that were willing to give advice for free. I know in Brooklyn, there is a, if you wanted a lawyer to look at a lease and things like that, they would offer that for free, free services, which was great. But this was, I wanted somebody to look at our PPP application and also about now um, I'm actually preparing to resend it to her to look at it for forgiveness. And so again, she's a lawyer. She, I think is in New Jersey, but she's part of this network and you can book time with her for free. I think it's like think big, but again, I can get back to you. There's just a lot of resources out there. Um, A quick Google will really, a Google search will really help. And also um, through social media, I found out a lot of things as well. And that's uh, basically just trying to talk to people, network and and follow up, of, of course, as well. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you do a great job of that. I think I think that's one of the things that people should look into. I think there's probably different programs in different states and areas, but that's all great and great advice. And that was that was great. That was a wealth of information. Um, before we we let you go, what uh, if someone's uh, traveling and visiting Brooklyn, what are what are some some of your favorites outside of your own store, of course? <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're in Park Slope, Brooklyn, which is like a really fun um, community, really a lot uh, going on here. We're right by Prospect Park. The Brooklyn Museum is nearby. There's great farmers markets, but there's so many great things right in our neighborhood. We have some 
fun restaurants and bars. High Dive is one of my favorite. Negril, amazing Jamaican restaurant is right across the street. On the corner of our block is Aldi La, which is one of the best Italian places in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's right on our corner. So we actually have on our website some of our favorite places. And on our Instagram, we have a little um, favorite places in Brooklyn as well. So when you're ready to come by and visit. Check it out. Check Absolutely. it out. Perfect. Well, Ann Cantrell, thank you so much for, for joining us today. It was a wealth of information. And again, appreciate your time. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Be well. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.